Uh, This evening, we're going to continue in 2 Peter chapter 1, really continuing the, the conversation that we began last Sunday night and just a few verses left in in this chapter. Uh, but, but can I tell you that there are, are many things in the Word of God, there are many things contained in the Bible that I quite honestly wouldn't have the nerve to say out loud if it weren't for the fact that I was reading them straight from the Scriptures. There are lots of things that fit into that category, are there not? Uh, I just picked out a few this evening. Um, Jesus said in Matthew 5 and verse 43, You have heard it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. Pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. That's something I would never come up with. But yet there it is in the Scriptures. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 19 and verse 9, when He talks about marriage and divorce and remarriage, I say to you, whoever divorces his wife except for sexual immorality and marries another commits adultery. And whoever marries her who is divorced commits adultery. Ephesians chapter 5 Verses 22 through 25, he speaks about the the distinct roles, the complementary roles of husbands and wives. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. In verse 25, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 17 through 19 Paul writes to Timothy and he says, he says, I want you to command those who are, who are rich in this present age to not be haughty, nor to trust in uncertain riches, but rather in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Let them do good, that they be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share, storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come, that they may lay hold of life eternal." Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 4, the Hebrew writer says, uh, Marriage is honorable among all, and the bed undefiled. But fornicators, adulterers, God will judge. Now we could keep going on and on. I, I think we, we, we covered kind of the gambit, right? We, we, we talked about uh, money. We talked about sex. We talked about marriage. We talked about uh, our enemies. We, but we could go on and on. Anytime that the Word of God begins to speak into those very intimate parts of our life. Not those things that that are just theoretical exercises of what we've chosen to believe about this or chosen to believe. We're talking about those, those, those points where our life or our expectation or even our will comes into conflict with what we see within the Scriptures. The Scriptures will do that to us, will they not? The Bible tells us that there is a way that seemeth right to a man. I don't know about you, but, but, but that's one of those things that I, I'm, I know, I'm glad it says it over and over because I need to hear this. There is a way that seemeth right to a man, but it is a way that leads to death. It means that, that Wes Hazel can look at something and say, well, that seems right to me, and be completely wrong. Not just to be wrong, but be a way that actually leads unto death. That's what will 
come to when we come to the Word of God. If you don't ever find yourself coming into some sort of surprise or shock or some rub when it comes to the Word of God, then I would ask you if you're really listening to the Word of God. Does that make sense what I'm saying? If you're just listening to what you want to hear, then of course it's, that's, that's never going to create conflict. But we're talking about God striving to reveal His will to mankind. That's what we see within the Scriptures. And so, as we come to 2 Peter chapter 1, Peter is making this argument, you need to listen. You need to listen to the things that I'm going to be telling you. Don't just discount them. Don't just walk away from them. You need to listen and be molded by these things. We began last Sunday night in verse 16 when Peter says, we did not follow cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of His majesty. For He received from God honor, because, excuse me, for He received from God the Father honor and glory when such a voice came to Him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And we heard this voice which came from heaven when we were with Him on the holy mountain. And Peter tells about that about that, about that account, uh, that, that experience that he had on that Mount of Transfiguration when he heard the voice of the Heavenly Father that said, Hear ye Him. Listen to what He is telling you. And not just listen to it, but the implication is be changed by these things. Peter is saying, I'm not asking you to listen to me because of who I am. I'm not asking you to listen to me because, 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 just because we've got, we've got background together. I'm not asking you to listen to me just because I, I, I'm so uh, charming or manipulative. When, when I first uh, started to learn how to speak, um, it was in high school. It wasn't in a religious setting, but, but I kind of cut my teeth listening to Zig Ziglar. Anybody ever remember Zig Ziglar? The new lead the field. I, I listened to those cassette tapes over and over and over again uh, when I was 16, 17 years old. That's right. I was pretty cool. Uh, that wasn't cool at all. But, but I listened to them because it was fascinating to me. Because all he was talking about was how do, how do you connect with people, right? He was talking about sales. How do, you, how do you make the sale? That's not what we're talking about here. That's not, that's not what we're talking about here. Maybe someone is very adept at making connection. Maybe they're not. Maybe somebody's like a bull in a china shop, right? You ever dealt with people like that? It's like, well, I think what they're saying is true, but I really don't even like the sound of their voice, right? Maybe you're thinking that right now. I don't know. Peter says, that's not why I want you to listen. I want you to listen because the things that I'm giving you, the things that I'm telling you, these are things of God. These are things that come from your Creator. These are things that come from your Sustainer. These are things that come from your Judge. That's why you have to listen. See, if we don't get that, if we don't understand that, then we'll listen always up to a point, up to that threshold of pain, right? We, 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 we all know where, where, where that's at. It's like, yeah, that was good, that was good. Whoa, you just, you kind of, what do they say? You, you, you went from preaching and you started meddling. Y'all ever heard anybody say that? 
I hear people say that all the time, and they're ha, 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 but there's a lot of truth to it, right? All of a sudden, we started talking about something that was real personal or real intimate, or you're talking about our congregation instead of, instead of their congregation. And so these things become difficult for us. And Peter said, I, I want you to listen. I want you to listen because these are the things of God. And if they're not things of God, by the way, you can quit listening. I'm going to tell you that. If they're not things of God, you can quit listening. If, I, if I'm standing before you and I'm just asking you to, to, to believe based on, based on my presence, what, what good is that? That's going to fail. There's no authority there, right? There's no authority for you. There's no authority for me. So, so this, this authority comes from God. And this is kind of what, where, where he's been, and we pick up, and we pick up tonight in verse, in verse 19, okay? Where, where, where he says, he says, and so we have, and so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place. It's the nature of the scriptures. Why should we listen, not just listen to God, why should we read our Bibles? Why should we open up the Word of God? Because he says, it is like a light that shines in a dark place. You remember Jesus spoke about, he spoke about a world of darkness in which we are to be lights. And, and, he, and, and tells us not, not to allow our light to become covered, because if our light were to become covered, it would be a useless thing. Right? The Word is to guide our paths. The psalmist said in Psalm 119, in verse 105, Your Word is a lamp to my feet, and it's a light to my path. I'm trying to figure out where I need to go, and I can't even see where I need to go. Because, because there's so much darkness in this world, and there's so much darkness even within me and my, and my own flesh. The Word of God is, is to instruct me. There's, I, I have a lot of really strong feelings about, about what someone ought to be, but what does God say about that? When I was a kid, uh, we used to go camping a lot. And I remember we, we would go in particular to... Uh, um, we, we, we went to like this black powder rendezvous, and it was at, in this old city, but the, a flood had come and had taken the city away, so there were just foundations here and there. It was really kind of a phenomenal place to go and visit, but what I remember was the, the, there were no street lights in this place, okay? So when you started to walk around, it wasn't like you were, you know, at, at some of these places where it's well lit and everything is safe. I mean, it was like the pitch black of night, and if you wanted to go from here to somebody else's campsite, you, you couldn't see anything. And so you would always take a flashlight, right? And, and if your flashlight started to die, I remember one night we were messing around with some cousins of mine, and, and, and the light went out. Can I tell you how many times we fell and almost broke our necks? Just because, I mean, we, we, you, don't, you don't see the edge of the road. You don't see the, you know, the big dog that walks out in front of you. You don't see anything. A lot of people walking around their life like that. They're just walking and then they're trying to get from one place to the other, but they can't even see what's right in front of them. And he says, this message, this prophetic word, 
is to be a light that shines in our lives. How much are we being led and guided by the Word of God? It's a real question. We have to back that up and say, how much do we know about the Word of God? Because if we don't know the Word of God, we're not going to be led by the Word of God. It's one reason that I've said this before, but I think so many people have such fragile faith because, because there's no foundation. They don't really actually know what God says. But when I know what God says and I hide those things within my heart, then they shape me and they make me and they mold me. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 11 and 15, we're told that we are to have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather to expose them. It's shameful, he says, even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things are exposed or made manifest by the light. Did you hear that? All things are exposed or made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. So so we live in this world that has almost lost, it's lost the ability to even talk about this thing called sin. It's just a non-starter in most of our world. People don't know what sin, sin can come right up to them and they don't even know what it is. And we, and we can say that's wrong. Well, it is wrong, but I'm just telling you they don't know. But the light all of a sudden identifies this thing that we, many in the world, would look at and say it's neither good nor bad. And, and, and the light will say, no, that's sin. That's, that's a sinful act. That's a sinful activity. Where do I get that idea? Well, I get that from God. I get that from our Creator. I get that from the Word. And if it weren't in the Word, I would would never have that idea. I would just think as a man thinks, and that's a way that leads to death, right? But, But this is what he's saying. The things that are exposed, they're made manifest by the light. How do I know what sin is? God tells me. God tells me those things through His Word. Therefore, He says, awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Do you really want to know the farther and farther I get in life, it, it's moving, okay? Doesn't it move quickly? The more and more I begin to see how many things that we worry about that mean absolutely nothing. But how we're com- quickly coming to a point where there's only one thing that's going to matter. And that's standing before our God. I want to be prepared to meet my God. How do I do that? I've got to listen to my God. That's, what, that's the purpose of the light. So you do well to heed as a light that shines in the dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. This is about being shaped and transformed until Christ begins to appear within you. That idea of Christ as that morning star, I think... I think maybe one of the first places we see that in the Bible is in the book of Numbers. In, in Numbers 24 and verse 17, uh, we have one of the earliest of uh, the Messianic prophecies that, that a Messiah is coming, that one is coming. I see him, but not now. I hold him, but not near. A star shall come out of Jacob. A scepter shall rise out of Israel. There's one who is coming. That one is Jesus the Christ. You would do well to listen to His Word until the day dawns and the morning star rises. 
some of you who know what it means to work shift work, you understand about the morning, the morning star, when the day dawns. When I was around 20, I, I, worked, at, um, I worked in an aluminum plant. 12-hour shifts, okay, is what we did. And paid good money, learned a lot about life and things of that nature. But one of the things I remember, I, I'd work in a, in a metal service building uh, where we were basically taking like molten aluminum and making it into to big vats and different, different ways to ship it off to different places. Uh, but you would see the sun go down. You were there so long, you would see the sun go down. It was a big building, but there were sides that were open, so you could kind of see what was going on. It was all lit on the inside, but you could see outside. And it would get dark outside, and you'd be there all night long. But you would see the first break of daybreak every day. I had a place that I would sit when we, when we, when we weren't busy, and you could, just, you could just see the sun starting to come up. It was, it was a great thing. It meant it was almost time to go home. All right, that, 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 that's what it meant. But that, that's the picture that, that I thought in my mind when I thought about this, the dawning of the day, the rising of this morning star. Man, I've been up all night. It's been so dark. But the, but the, but the day is dawned. In Revelation 22 and verse 16, really the conclusion of, of the biblical text, the Bible says, I, Jesus have sent my angel to testify to you these things in the churches. He says, I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright and the morning star. So Jesus calls himself. You would do well to listen to what God says in his word. That's what Peter is saying to these, to these individuals, and that's what he's saying to us. Knowing this, he says... Verse 20, knowing this, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. If, if, you, if you study the Word of God with other people, maybe if, even if you don't go to the point of having a study, if you just talk about the Word of God with other people, at some point, and probably very frequently, the, 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 I can't talk. They're going to rebut what you have to say by saying something like this. Well, that's your interpretation. As if that's the get-out-of-jail-free card. You have your interpretation, you have your interpretation, you have your interpretation, you have your interpretation. And really, what they're trying to say is you can prove anything with the Bible. Well, friends, if you can prove anything with the Bible then we need to go home tonight. If we really can't know the truth, then we can't be free, as we said this morning. I, I, I don't believe that. I believe it, it's a twisting of God's Word. And here he says, he says, I want you to understand that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. See, you don't get to play those games with the Scriptures. You don't get to have your interpretation and you your interpretation, those to be two completely different ideas but both be true in some, some way. What sort of madness is that? That we wouldn't, we, we wouldn't apply that to any realm of life, but for some reason we, we try to apply it to God. Some, some Catholics have taken this verse uh, to basically create a difference in clergy and laity, trying to say that interpretation shouldn't be left up to the common man. 
um, th- that's a false teaching, uh, doing something that we ought not do with, with, with this verse. Um, you know the Bible teaches, well, Peter teaches in his previous letter that we are a universal priesthood of believers, right? Uh, the, the, the clergy-laity difference, um, I think the only place that really matters is I should probably get a special parking spot at the hospital, um, those clergy spots. I haven't turned those down yet. But, but we're, we're a priesthood of believers, brothers and sisters in Christ. I, I don't have any special insights into the Scriptures that other people don't have. Our elders don't have special insights into the Scriptures outside of just simply those that come from maturity and study. They're not secrets you know, held up for, for, any, for, for, for special people. That's not what he's saying here. What he's trying to say is, I want you to listen because this came from God. Um, uh, th- this is actually, if, if Chance was still here, um, this is what he wrote his thesis on. He loved to talk about this subject. That there are many times people want to talk about this as a source of origin. You may see that even in your footnotes, right? That a better translation might be of origin. Um, I have my doubts about that mainly because uh, every single major translation um, translates this as interpretation. Um, even though I've been told by a lot of people that origin is a better translation, apparently nobody got the message on any major translation of the Bible. Um, but that being said, it really doesn't matter because the, the, the point he's making is this. It came from God. That's why you can't do this. That's why you need to listen. That's why you don't get to have your interpretation and your, because we're talking about the Word of God. The meaning, the meaning of the text is not, is not going to be determined here. The meaning of the text is going to be determined there. What he intends. Does, does that make sense? That we, we, we can go all over the map, but, but if, we're, if we don't have the meaning that God intended, we don't have the proper interpretation. I'm not just asking you. I'm not just, I'm not just making this up on my own. For prophecy never came by the will of man. There have been some things, quite honestly, I'd kind of like to tell people, I think you ought to do this. You, you ever feel that way? Like, I don't know that I can come up with anything in the Bible, but I feel pretty strongly about it. Anybody ever feel that way about stuff? Just me? No? I mean, we, we all do, right? We, we all have that, that. He said, that's not what we're talking about. Prophecy didn't come by the will of men. Where did it come from? Holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. And so in this verse, we have some insights into the whole process of inspiration. Another lesson for another time, but just file that in the back of your minds. How how did it get from God to this book? Right? Well, the process of inspiration, where God inspired people to write. Once again, unless y'all want to add an extra hour tonight, we, we won't go down that road, but just, just know that that's, that's there. But his main point is this. I just wish you would listen, because I'm not making this up. I wish you would listen. See, it's one of the keys. It's one of the keys that, that, that helped me really early on to get over boring preaching. You guys ever hear a boring preacher? No, not in the last 24 hours, right, Adam? Thank you very much. <laughs> okay, so we all have, right? I mean, I've preached sermons before, and I thought, hmm, I could do better. You know, that's, that happens. How do I not check out in that moment? How, 
How is my worship not dependent on whether or not Wes is on his A game or not? Because some, I mean, I've, I've got an A game, but if you've got an A game, that means you've got a not A game, right? And sometimes that's going to rear its head. How come, or how do I keep from checking out in those moments? I understand what Peter's telling me here. It's not about, it's not about the messenger. It's not about my will. It's not about, it's not about th- these, these cl- cleverly devised tales. It's about the true revelation of God. Hey, when I get that, when I get that, and I can tell you, sometimes you, you'll get this especially from like really older preachers, right? And they may not be able to bring the pepper the way that, that, that they used to in the pulpit, but sometimes they can bring insights into the Word of God. You're like, wow, I'd never even seen that before. The, the power is in the Word because in the Word is the Word of God. That's what He's saying. That's how we listen. That's how we approach the Word. So often people want to discount what the Word says because they don't attach it to God. People, you, you get pulled into this controversy of, of uh, we, we want to we pull the words of Jesus versus the words of Paul. You ever, you ever, I mean, we've talked about that before, right? And, some about what, and, and anytime that that controversy comes up, right, it's coming up because people are wanting to take something that Paul has very clearly said and they're wanting to discount it. Or they're taking something that Jesus has very clearly said and they're wanting to discount it. And, and, and that goes both ways in terms of what people are doing. It's, it's reckless. It's reckless. The, the truth is, when Paul speaks, you, you remember what, what he says about, about his words, right? In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, he says, Brethren, when I came to you, I did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the what? The testimony of God. Paul says, can I tell you why you should listen to me? Some people said about Paul that, that his, his, wet, his, wetters, his letters were weighty, right? But his, his bodily presence was light. Like, he, you know, he talks a big game, but when he shows up, may, may, maybe not so much. Paul says, no, you need to listen. Why? Because what I'm bringing to you is the testimony of God. Okay, but yeah, but Jesus never talked about that. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Paul says you should listen to me for the same reason that, that, that you should listen to Jesus. Because both of our messages came from where? Father. Jesus says, hey, everything I'm telling you was given to me by the Father. You should listen to me, Jesus, the Son of God, because I speak, I speak on behalf of, 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 of our Father. Paul says, you should listen to me, the apostle, because I speak on behalf of the Father. What gives you the right to go out and try to win a soul, to hold a Bible study? What what gives you that right? Because you speak on behalf of God. You become His spokesman. Paul would say, you have this treasure in an earthen vessel. What treasure? God's treasure. I'm I'm just sharing. I'm just a vehicle. And so, That's the whole point of what Peter's trying to say when he says, listen, I'm just telling you that there's things within this book, there's things within the New Testament that I would never have the nerve to say out loud 
if I wasn't reading straight from the Bible. But yet there they are. And in those moments, I have to decide, am I going to listen? Peter says, you would do well to listen because those are the words of God. And you would be foolish to ignore them. I want to ask us to be a people who simply say, well, what is God's will? What is God's will? And whatever God's will is, that's what I want to be. If you can come to that point, oh, and it will take you to places that you don't expect to go, I promise it will. But if you can come to that point, then you can be a child of God. And you can be pleasing to Him. I would ask you tonight, if you're outside of Christ, but you know that Jesus is the Son of God and you, that you have sin in your life, to be convicted of that, to repent of your sins, and to be baptized for the remission of your sins. Some people say that's not necessary. I say that's not my place to decide because God says it is. So I'm not going to argue with God. I didn't come up with that. I'm going to let God speak. I would ask you as, as a part of the church that if sin is ruling your life, to be convicted of that sin. Because God says so. That's really all we are. Are people to be led by the Word and the will of God? If we'll get that, then the rest of this book is going to make a lot more sense. But I'm going to tell you, if we don't get it, every Bible study we ever do from here on out is going to be a struggle. Because you're constantly going to be deciding, well, I don't know, will I accept it this week or not accept it this week? We'll see. That's a dangerous place to be. Rather to say, I'm just going to be what God wants me to be. You, you come tonight as we stand and as we sing.